now. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Hold My Bread. I am one half of Hold My Bread. The other half, uh, my name is Matt Backus, by the way, you know who I am. The other half is across me on Zoom, Joel Lukaski. Hello, folks. Welcome to the Gluten Gang. Gather around and let's carbo load. Welcome to Hold My Bread, the no monetary determination of its worth podcast. I'm Joel Walkowski, and we have a very special episode. We teased it last week. Um, Please welcome our favorite guest, uh, Moneybags Riley, back into the fold. Hi, everyone. You're almost like a third host at this point. You're the most, you're the guest we've had on the most. You're our best guest, in my opinion. I mean, it's almost like you're a third host. Yeah. I, uh, I'm, I'm trying to become the third mic, but, uh, it's nice. Uh, Well, if we can see you, you don't have a mic. So that's your first step, Riley. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm not anonymous anymore, but I do prefer the name Moneybags Riley. Yeah. I know we can use your new, new, your real name because you're no longer in that sector, but you know, the moniker has a certain charm to it. I agree. So it's a legend. Yeah. But we had an, a couple other finance guys on. They were a little dry. Matt wasn't there. And so it really just turned into <laughs> like an hour of me not knowing what this guy was talking about. It was bold. So we do have a big picture kind of idea for the episode. We have our trading. We do it on the worst possible platform, Robinhood. You know, if things are going on in Wall Street, Robinhood is going down. Love them for that. <laughs> so today we went through and we did some general housekeeping of our portfolio and we sold some stocks we don't think are going to do well to free up buying power to reinvent our portfolio for a coronavirus world. Yeah, that's what we brought. So that's basically the whole point of this podcast or this episode is to reset a little bit uh, and, and kind of look forward to the future of when all this coronavirus stuff or how this all shakes out. I'm not even going to say when it ends because who knows what's going to happen and what it's going to be. But hopefully uh, we can build our portfolio to excel uh, in a post-coronavirus world, whatever that looks like. And can, I, can I ask you guys a quick question? Sure. Yeah, of course. Why? So why do you guys use Robinhood? It's the quickest and easiest, and it's the only way I know how to have a, two people share it. Is there something you would advise us doing? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I would suggest for a trading platform that you guys should use the TD Ameritrade one. It's called Thinkorswim. I think it has an app and everything, too. Um, I'm not sure about the trait or like the sharing part, but it's a much better platform and it won't crash like Robinhood does. So, and to answer your question, we kind of like that Robinhood crashes. Like, we are that is who we are in the financial world. Like, <laughs> can I say that Robinhood is the trading platform that we deserve? It's kind of like our mascot. <laughs> Okay, cool. I just, you know, I thought I'd throw something out there. So, but see, this is what we need from a third mic. That is good advice. That's there's no reason we should still be using it. I myself uh, don't even really use it anymore. I'm in the process of. I have an E Trade account. I'm in the process. This is what sucks about Robinhood too. Is I emailed them and I was like, I would like to move my positions over, and it won't let me do that. And they were just like, I don't know, try again tomorrow. And I'm like, it's not good. It's not good. As an aside, um, for work, we've been doing this like analysis of all the reviews from the Robinhood app. 
And like, there's like two topics that are like bad things. And it's like, they have terrible customer service. And they also, um, the app crashes like when yeah. you need the most. So that's what I would say. That's what it's known for most. I mean, they're like a possum though. When anything is going on in the market, they just play dead. They no longer exist. You can't touch your money. You can't. <laughs> Their logo is actually a possum. <laughs> Unrelated. When I was like 15 years old, I, uh, I found a dead possum and it took me about an hour of fucking with it to figure out it was dead. <laughs> 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 and um, I, I think that's that anecdote is a good transition into the fact that, hey, listeners of Hold My Bread, thank you so much. We were just awarded a federal grant for this podcast. So thank you for your support. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, yeah. Um, we filled out, there was like a coronavirus artistic merit grant. And I said that it was a podcast that uses comedy to get the every man into investing and exactly a few weeks later a thousand dollars was deposited into my account i didn't know it i so that's amazing it's incredible so sorry to that uh local coffee shop that didn't get their grant um we got it sorry no this didn't take any money it's not like we're the la lakers or ruth's chris we this is just for creative endeavors and you know someone listening to this they'll think more about their money like that's the goal and that's something that some bureaucrat with no idea what we are would support. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm I'm blown away, and it does feel good. It feels good to get a win, and and you know, in the current times, we need a win. And it was nice to to get one. So hopefully, we can use this money to forward uh, our education of people and and make people laugh. Yeah, and people are going to hear this. They're going to start telling the unemployment office, oh, yeah, I'm making murals um, by my macaroni pictures. <laughs> I'm doing creative work here. So yeah, that's awesome. Let's get into the episode. We kind of went in. Let's talk about what we cleared out. Let's talk about what we're buying. But first off, let's touch on our boy, Elon Musk. Matt, you're a defender. How do you feel about him? Uh, well, isn't that crazy? A couple of days, like last week, we were just talking about like how bad the things he was saying were and how bad things were going. And then I kind of defended him as best I could. And then literally the next day he came out and was just tweeting all this stuff about Corona. And I, I, I've been terrible timing. Could not have been worse for me personally. It's all about me right now. Bad timing. So Riley, three weeks ago on this podcast, we had a five-minute debate that consisted of me saying Elon Musk is stupid and Matt saying, no, he's not. Who would you <laughs> side with on that debate? Um, I think I'm on that side. As Thank much you. As, as much as I really want to hate Elon, um, you know, the man has done some good work. Um, I also, I think that Elon just like goes through these phases, like where he's like, I'm going to be crazy as possible and like, see what happens. Yeah. Like, is, there is that CEO persona and like, isn't this how Richard Branson would be acting if he came of age as a billionaire in the social media era? Like, and I will, I will give you guys the money that we were awarded for the grant. If anyone can pronounce that baby's name. Oh, I, I know how to do It's Ash Archangel S17. Yeah, that's what yeah. I heard too. Is Give me your $1,000, bitch. Ash Archangel S17. That's right. I I, uh, I heard him. I watched him on Joe Rogan today. For I was doing research. I watched him on Rogan and he pronounced it on Rogan. I made sure to remember it because I knew you were going to make me say it. Oh, 100%. Ash, <laughs> Ash Archangel 
S17. And I did notice that when Grimes made the announcement, uh, Elon was quick to correct a typo she made, which is a great way to treat the mother of your child (laughs) when she's sitting on the bed that she gave birth to your child in. Well, I mean, you know, she gave birth to child. Maybe learn its name. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) I'm just, you know. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, I don't know. I, I just don't think you can call somebody stupid for the man builds rockets he's gonna get us to mars he's not stupid he might be a bit crazy like grace said but uh he's not stupid you can accomplish a lot of great things while being stupid that's what the film forrest gump is about entirely if they (laughs) remade that movie now elon musk would be forrest gump (laughs) I'm, i'm still of the opinion that i think like elon is just like let me just mess with people like i'm just gonna like do this and like see if people are like yo, he's crazy. Or like people are like, nah, he's just messing around. Although the baby name does bother me. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. Well, I forget what he said. I forget the reason he said the, he said um, that the only part he contributed was the S17 or S7, S17. That's the only part he said he contributed to the name, allegedly. So, And, and this contributes to my larger theory that there's never been a cool person with a hyphen in their name. So... S17, it fits the criteria. So it's definitely lame. Like, I believe, I can't prove it, but there's a relationship between kids being born with hyphen last names and kids developing peanut allergies. I mean, I just don't think it's fair that people are like, what is, like, there's dudes out there named Larry. They're like, this is a stupid name. It's like, your name is Larry. I mean, you're, you are a baby Larry or baby, like baby Joe. You're a baby Joe. And now you're a grown man. You were a yeah, grown man when you were born. I don't, I don't think that's fair. When I'm ha- at my worst, when I'm in my darkest hours, I do, to revitalize my spirit, I close my eyes and I envision a baby named Janet. <laughs> exactly. Baby Karens. <laughs> think about that. You remember, there's a baby Karen out there, or there Wait, was a baby Karen. No, no. My, my, fiance's room, my fiance's mom is in the next room. She's named Karen, and I just broke the news to her yesterday that her name is now a slur. So... <laughs> It is it is tough subjects around the house. You can't say the name Karen. It's the K word in that house. Yeah. It, it move over ketamine. How are yeah. we? So <laughs> we call her special K. So we did clear up some money in the portfolio. We cleared up around four hundred dollars. Matt, did you have any stinkers you wanted to comment on that before we sold out? Um, what do we, uh, I don't really think so. What do we get rid of? I got rid of, um, I wanted to, I think I left it in there because I wanted to punish you with it. That IBIO. I sold it. Did you and- sell? Oh, thank God. Cause I was going to leave it sit in there. So you had to deal with the bodies. Cause I could, that was, I put my own personal money on my portfolio on that. And I'm sitting You guys have months. like your screen up. Then <laughs> could you share your screen so I can see it? Um, oh, I don't have, I have it on my phone in front of me. I can log okay. into Robinhood right now and do this. And while we're here, just speaking of shares we sold off, um, just let's play our own version of Candle in the Wind for Amarin. I sold off 35 shares today. We bought in at 14, bought in again at 22, and we sold it off for seven, which is, I think, bad. Oh, I don't think that's how, yeah, I think we went in the reverse. That's so upsetting. I'm bag holding my Amarin. I'm counting on them to win at some point, or I'm either going to count on them to win or I'll take them to my grave. Either way, I'm not giving <laughs> up. Yeah, I, I feel like you guys missed the opportunity there. You should have sold at 25 back in I December. know. 
what a mistake. We were doing so, like, that would have been such a pro move. We would have pulled off. That would have been the biggest gain of the podcast. And instead we got greedy and we were like, no, it's going to go higher. It has to. And then they just, a couple tests, so devastating. But, you know. Happens to the best of us, so. Yeah. Now we're, uh, If I feel like people, I don't know. Yeah. Like you said, (laughs) it happens to the best on a higher level than us. We lost, what, a couple hundred dollars? (laughs) Yeah, a couple hundred dollars, and you know it happens to the best of us, and it also happens to us. So <laughs> the best and the worst of us. So I will share my screen right now. Here is our Robin Hood. Here are some of the stocks we decided to keep. Can you guys see them? Yes. Yes. Great. Beautiful. So, so we we held on to Trox. It's down ten percent today, but it had an awesome earnings report. We're holding on to OBCI, which is a like oceanic biochemical company that is outperformed all expectations over the past 12 months. I've got some stats here about it. Oh, I got to I got to go buy these people. So OBCI up 75 percent over 12 months and one of the few companies to beat earnings expectations. Money bags. My favorite stock. I, I love anti reverse volatility volatility indexes do you think that's a good play right now so what do you mean by anti-volatility like that there's just not going to be like a lot of volatility in the future is what you're betting on well no it's just an excellent buy low opportunity for example you're, if you can see the screen i've got ziv which is a anti-volatility etf put out by the chicago stock exchange and it normally between 2017 and 2019 sold around $75 a share. So I was able to get it for 29. So I kind of liked the metrics there. What do you think? Yeah, no, I think that's a good call. Um, Especially like right now, that's like a good one to have long term because if there, yeah. So if there is like volatility, like in the, I don't really know what Ziv is to be honest. Um, Haven't heard of it before, but Basically, the price goes up when Wall Street goes gets kind of calmer. So, you know, you're looking okay. to unload that. It's like a you hold it for two years. I wait for it to hit 75. I sell it off then. Then I buy more Twitter stock. And I love Twitter stock because you can still buy it cheap. The company's not being run for profit, but I think it's on its way to becoming a public utility. And I think coronavirus showed that. What do you think yeah. there? Um, I like Twitter, too. I worry about how profitable it'll be in the future just because I think like usership is up right now. Um, But I don't know how that, because isn't most of their earnings from ads? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I guess they make money. I I wouldn't understand how else they would make money, right? I mean, it has to just be ads, right? Yeah, I would think so. Unless there's like, who knows? Like maybe there's like something I'm missing, but um, I do worry about that. But I think with it being a political, well, an election year, um, that that should hopefully help support their ad revenue as opposed to having like companies. Yeah, buy like, ads. Like oh, you, Joel, go ahead. That was, that's gonna feel great though, Joel. She just backed up exactly what you said. You said that a couple months ago. Yeah, 100%. I, I feel like Twitter's kind of a no-brainer. Like Facebook's shares, they sell for around $200 per. And like in 20 years, like we're young people. We kind of get it. 
which one do you think people will be using? Right. I, ooh, that's a great point. I mean, I, I don't use Facebook anymore. I think the thing with Facebook, though, is like it's it's trying to have a hand in like everything right now. So it's not only like because Facebook owns Instagram and like other things as well. So I think it's like the fact that it's like diversifying, like it's not just Facebook anymore. It has Instagram and then there's Messenger. And then I think it also owns WhatsApp. Yeah, that's like where its value really is. They're trying to be Uh, like Google. Yeah, it, I, that's exactly what it's trying to be. And then I, it, Go ahead. No, no, I don't mean to cut you off. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, you're fine. Um, there's also, I think it's like trying to get its hand in like another thing too. But then what was it? The cryptocurrency that they made? And then this yeah. was like, no, 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 <laughs> you guys can't do this. <laughs> they're, they're doing it all. And I, I, I think they'll exist. They'll obviously be a company moving forward. But I expect Twitter to become similar in terms of a public utility. It's where the average people will buy news. And I, am, I see buying Twitter stock is similar to buying like cable news stock in 1980. Yeah, I, I think like Twitter is good because it's like easy to digest like what it will be in the future. Whereas like the big tech companies like Facebook and Google is like, yeah, they're probably going to be there, but it's like really difficult to digest like which part is going to be successful. Yeah. So that, that gives Absolutely. me hope. Um, did we keep any other shares? Um, I don't think we did. So Matt, before we get into this, we do have our favorite Reddit when we're not on Detroit Lions. It is Wall Street Bets. So Matt, you want to take the reins on this one? Yeah. So Grace, are you t- are you familiar? I can't believe we've talked to you about this or not. Are you familiar with Wall Street Bets at all? I am. I've never actually been on. I've just heard stories. Yeah. Well, I don't want to. I mean, I, I don't want to brag, but I have been on Wall Street Bets for a, like a while now, back even before I started investing. So I I've seen it grow and change, and it's funny to watch it gain notoriety and get written up in articles and things like that. Where I'm like, oh, I I remember reading this years ago before when it was just a bunch of guys calling each other slurs, uh, which it still is. Uh, <laughs> but um, so now, we, we this... now they are like, they're, they, they found the Robin Hood loophole to get unlimited margins. They falsely manipulated a stock price from 50 cents to $5. So they're doing a lot of great work over there. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so I, we got this grant money and Joel and I were going to discuss what we should do with it. And I decided why not take it to the to the people and let them decide. So I wrote a post, and I'll just write what I wrote. Uh, I took a I posted this on the Reddit. I have a, I posted a few times, um, and uh, yeah. So I just posted, uh, yo, I have a comedy finance podcast that was approved for a thousand dollar grant. Did not give the I, name of the podcast in a place where people might listen to it. <laughs> no, 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 no. Because you know exactly what would have happened if I'd done that. They would have torched us. <laughs> <laughs> they would have torched us. They would have, uh, as soon as I um, put the name of the podcast, they would have either A, torched our ass, or B, they would have taken the post down because they don't want self-promotion. Ah, Matt, come. We're, we're both scoring points in front of Moneybags Riley today. Just a couple of Titans trading knockout punches. <laughs> exactly. Um, so I got my co-host and I uh, aren't sure what to do with the government cheese. Uh, I was hoping to get some uh, bad takes from all of you maniacs so we know what not to do with it. 
And so it didn't get a ton of upvotes. The, the post itself got like maybe eight upvotes, but it had like 25 comments. And the comments are really where it's at. So uh, the first comment, uh, and you know, obviously feel free to jump in on these, but someone said, uh, spy 220-515. And then somebody responded, puts or calls, and someone said, why not do both? So that was our first, uh, that's our first bit of advice there. How do you feel about that? And yeah, money bags, will you translate that for us? Okay. So <laughs> I don't, I, so I know that the S M P the S P Y is an S and P 500 ETF. Right. And then, so the two twenty is the price that they're saying, and then 515 is the expiration date. So I guess that's next Friday. Um, and just to put that in context, it's at 287 right now. So yeah. So if it's saying buy a, that put, then that's a bad idea because it puts a right to sell at that, the SPY at $220. So we're going to lose all, we just lose it. That's basically it. Yeah, so you could just like lose it. Um, we'll be like then, we'll be like the companies trying to unload their oils futures. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then I, the thing is, like, if it's a call, then that option is just outrageously expensive. So that's also why it's a bad idea. Right. Uh, if it's a call, doesn't that increase the cost to like hundreds of thousands of dollars? Yeah, because so like you basically when you buy a call, you're buying a contract to buy a hundred shares of the S&P or the SPY ETF. And so like, if you're going to buy it at 220 and it's at 287, like that's a great deal. So like whatever the actual price for the call is, is probably pretty expensive right now. If that's, I don't even know if that's like an option contract that's out there. Well, my response to that was, this is exactly what I came here for. So uh, that was a good, uh, that was a good comment. Somebody, uh, this is somebody else's comment. Uh, They said, I run three small companies, the smallest of which is literally one vending machine in a small office building. I I had a revenue of $770 in Q4 of 2019. I applied for an EIDL for that and also got a thousand dollars for that one. I was super shocked. I haven't touched it yet either, but I've been tempted to just th- YOLO it uh, in the market. So I just thought that was an interesting thing because we could also take our thousand dollars and maybe buy a vending machine in an office somewhere. Ben- vending machine is good. I have, I live in a 500 unit apartment building. I should put a vending machine in there with healthy options, fill it with kombucha, almond butter and like let these yuppies pay five dollars a pop i think that'll have a nice yield for me i well that's why i put it in the document i thought that was a good comment this guy's not not bad let's Um, buy vending machines somebody else said corporate bond etfs i don't really know what that means i mean i know what an etf is but i'm not sure what corporate bond etfs are um so corporate bonds are so you have two different asset types for like companies that are have a balance sheet or like are big enough to either like have financing through a bond or equities, which are stocks. Um, So bonds are typically the regular debt instrument you think of, like you go as a company and you're like, Hey, I need money at a bank. And they say, okay, you can borrow X amount of money, um, but you have to pay me back like the total amount plus like interest. Um, and the reason it's a bad idea right now is because the entire value of a corporate bond is tied to that interest rate. 
Ah. And uh, interest rates are at 0% right now. <laughs> you're like not making any money off of that so this is uh better than the first option maybe but only because we're not going to lose any money we just won't make any yeah i, I like these because like- we need to have them translated to understand why they're burns <laughs> <laughs> um the uh, okay starts with an h ends with an hookers i thought that was a good one hookers of course there's going to be hookers on wall street what are we um, going to do with all this fishing equipment though um somebody said um where was it oh somebody also said uh i because you can see my picture i put my picture on reddit i'm very brave two things you're not supposed to do put your face on reddit and put your real name on reddit and i have done both of those things yeah my username Um, is Wachowski. somebody (laughs) um my, my my name is actually Joel Walkowski, and I actually use your picture. Um, he has a modern version. He goes by Joel Walkow Snowboard on there. <laughs> That's yeah, how I signed every guy. term paper in college. People hated it. That's funny. <laughs> um, somebody said, uh, so you can see my picture, and I have a picture of me. Just so somebody said, use the uh, use the $1,000 to buy $1,000 worth of toilet paper and wipe the shitting and grin off your face. But in today's market, and, it's like two rolls of toilet paper in there. Exactly. <laughs> Not much. Well, well, I really burned his ass because I said, why wouldn't I just wipe it off with the $1,000? And that got a couple of votes. So <laughs> suck on that. That's pretty good. I yeah. like that. Yeah. So, but yeah, so that's, that's about it. Those are the only comments I pulled that were good. Like I said, there were 25. Some of them were mine. I pulled the ones that I thought were good. So, um, we still don't know. So based off that there, the only good option I feel was the, uh, corporate bond ETF because that way, at least we won't owe money. Okay. Right. So- so let's get into it. We have about, we cleared up our portfolio. I spent my money, but we still have about $450 worth of buying power in our Robinhood today. And we're going to be spending like 150 in Robinhood. And then like, we're going to put 300 from the grant into the market as part of this exercise. So Riley, do you want to start us off here? Yeah, sure. I'll start us off. Um, So I did all of this kind of last night before things happened. And so GTN is up like 9% today now. Um, They had their earnings call. So first off, let me back up. Uh, GTN, that ticker, it's great television. um, And it's a television broadcasting network. Um, So they are in charge of networks that do local news and national news and have affiliates with NBC, ABC, and Fox. Um, And as we all know, the only thing that people are actually watching right now is news. Um, And so they had their earnings announcement earlier this morning, and it went pretty well. like much better than expected. Uh, And so their revenue and expenses were slightly below what they had previously said, but revenue was still up 3% from the first quarter in 2019. Um, And some of that was because of political ad revenue. Um, They were actually able to kind of have that support them. Um, And so I have this one quote from, hold on, I have to, change my screen really quick. I have this one quote from their earnings report um, that kind of sums up what's happening. So it says, government and private measures adopted to limit the spread of COVID-19 have affected and are continuing to affect our businesses in a number of ways. 
We've experienced a reduction in demand for advertising across our television stations and digital platforms, a very significant reduction in the demand for market in the market for the video production of sporting and other events by our production companies and reductions in the supply of programming, especially sports content. At the same time, we've experienced significant increases in viewership of all of our local newscasts and related digital assets. We did not access any stimulus or relief grants or loans from any government agencies um, during the first quarter of 2020. The net impact of these factors have been adverse to our financial results starting early March 2020 and continuing today. The ultimate duration and impact of these disruptions cannot be predicted at this time. In light of this uncertainty, the company cannot provide guidance for the three-month period ending June 30th, 2020. Um, so to me, that's like they're saying like, yeah, we have no idea what's going to happen, but like viewership's up and everyone's taken kind of is like this company still has a lot of room to grow. So even if like they're taken aback a little bit from the coronavirus, it's probably not going to be that bad. Um, with that being said, it did raise, like it did come up 8% today. So before we buy this, I would say, do you guys know what a limit order is? Uh, yeah. Is, isn't it when you like, I got this, I got this. I can at least kind of get there. So I, I have I have the limit order. Can you see the you, screen share? Oh, let me go back. <laughs> I was on my other. Isn't okay, you yes. set a price that like the price you want to pay for it. Yeah. So I would say with like all of these, like the market has been kind of elevated, uh, especially after today. So I would say as we're buying this, we like everything we do should be a um, limit order that's good till canceled. Yeah. And, and so what would, would you have the limit price be here? Um, I would set it at, <laughs> this is so hard. I would say 12 for now. Oh, uh, wow. 12. You yeah. got it. And this will be bolstered similar to how we expect Twitter to be bolstered. Yes, exactly. So, that's really, um, that's interesting. Cause I feel like that's very interesting to me. I don't, I mean, I never would have thought that. I don't know why. Okay. And we are, placing the order oh beautiful um i'm gonna also like probably text you tomorrow joel and be like wait wait wait, change it to this Um, (laughs) hey whatever any advice you want i will take it so your your next one it's actually down today it's uh yeah celsius holdings and they they sell calorie burning beverages sounds healthy yeah um they have flavors like grapefruit cucumber lime, orange pomegranate, pineapple, coconut, watermelon berry, and strawberries and cream. Ew, what is the cream? (laughs) That sounds terrible. But um, this is a more like thematic play because um, people are going to get fat. Yeah. Well, there's that. And like also the fitness movement has been um, a thing for the last couple years and especially with seltzers getting big and then spikes seltzers getting big i feel like you know this calorie burning energy fitness drink could have a place um somewhere in there for an acquisition um so this is probably a little bit more longer term like i think great tv will have like for the next year do pretty good this it might take a while so that's why i'm a little bit more cautious with only doing like 60 dollars um but yeah, so this is more like on the like whole fitness play. 
So, you know, hopefully after we come out of the corona economy um, or the coronavirus, whatever you, you want to like say. Corona um, economy. That sounds, that's, that rolls off the tongue. Yeah, it does. I actually got it from another podcast. Um, these guys <laughs> keep saying it. And I'm like, I'm like, I can't say that. That's like probably like trademarked by them, but slip of the tongue. What are they going to take? Our thousand dollars? Good <laughs> luck. Yeah. <laughs> but so, yeah, basically the whole point of their drinks is it's supposed to raise people's like basal metabolic rate. So basically like increase your um, metabolism to burn more calories when you work out. Did you say uh, basal meta- metabolic rate? Maybe it's not basal. Basil. What's this got to do with my British friend? <laughs> I also love Austin Powers. <laughs> so I'm going to do 13. She was right. Shares. You nailed it, by the way. That was how you're supposed to say it. Okay, cool. I was like, yeah, that was exactly how you're supposed to say it. We were making fun of you, but that's how I would have said it. So you're good. <laughs> what do you think about uh, limit price 450, 13 shares? That sounds perfect. <laughs> Is that what you wrote down? Are you pretending, Joel, are you pretending you made that up and that's what she has written down? No, I think I said just anything under $5. Oh, so I can just buy that now. Yeah, but maybe, no, yeah, you could, I would say market price um, is probably good. Um, And then the final one, which is my favorite, um, but also put a limit price on this one, um, is... Are we ready for it? Oh, yeah. I'll pull it up. Cool. So it's Ken Ross Gold Corporation. Um, So it's it's a gold mining company. It's exactly what it sounds like. This company Um, sounds like a gold mine. Yeah. So this is is a play on kind of gold right now. Um, So while like the U.S., it's no longer on the gold standard, a lot of other countries, their central banks will accumulate gold in their reserves to kind of diversify their monetary reserves. So they won't just have their paper currency. They also have gold. So there's like that backing. Um, And so as like, you know, there continues to be uncertainty in the global economy, a lot of these banks are going (laughs) to accumulate gold. So there's going to be more demand. And that has recently, like, I think the last month has really raised the price of gold. So um, since Kinder Ross is actually the ones providing gold, they should see an increase in their earnings and revenue because of this, because there's a higher price and there's more demand. So they're going to have like plenty, plenty of reason to like continue to mine the way they have. So I am, I am sold. So what do you think market price for this one? It's going for 710. It's up from 680 a week ago. Um, so it was actually 680 yesterday. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> yeah, you're better at reading maps than me. And also, these are graphs. <laughs> yeah, so I actually got it at 680 yesterday. So, um, yeah, she's really hoarding all the cheese for herself over there. That's why she's got the moniker money bags. <laughs> um, yeah, I, w- I would do this one at a limit price of seven um, because I do think it will probably decrease a little bit tomorrow. So good till I, canceled. Yes. Good till canceled. $7 in right. shares. That's like 15, yeah, 14 shares. It's how many shares? 14. Cool. 
Um, and then with whatever I have left over, I'm saying we should, the $40 left over should be kept in cash because everything's a little expensive right now. Um, and I think there's still just too much in uncertainty to really put our money on anything. Also, Warren Buffett said this this past weekend. So I feel like, you know, he's had a pretty good track record. So I'm kind of with him on that. Well, Warren Buffett, he he supported one of my purchases. So I'll make the segue into my picks here. He said he still supports American banks. And if you look at Bank of America's chart, it is probably lower than it needs to be. Like I'm, I like this under the assumption that large corporate monolith banks are going to find a way to come out on top of this, just as they have with every crisis in world history. Is that a bad assumption? Yeah, uh, I would, uh, how many share, like what's the price of Bank of America? I got four shares of Bank of America for $22 and I already bought them. Okay, so too late to suggest another one. I was going to say JP Morgan might be a good choice. I was in between those two. Nice. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, I think Bank of America is a good call too. Um, JP Morgan just typically, I don't know. I I don't like Jamie Dimon, but I kind of like Jamie Dimon. Hard to hate a guy with a name like that. Or is it a woman? I don't know. Jamie can be whoever you want it to be. Have you guys seen on the New York City subway station, they have like this this credit card that they're advertising and it's like, oh, like instead of you getting like 5% cash back when you spend like on the credit card and instead like does um, like it's supposed to like send money to a charity. Oh, no. I don't, I don't think I've seen that. Okay. So yeah, so I've seen it. And the only reason it's like ingrained in my mind is they have a fake credit card and it has Jamie Diamond's name on it. Hell yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. I'm like, I wonder like if he actually does have this credit card. No, That's- he does not. <laughs> yeah, I feel like there's no chance, but I'm like, but maybe. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It adds the mystique. Yeah. Okay, so I, I did buy four shares of Bank of America and I did, you know, 10, I did 10 shares of the Global Clean Energy ETF, and I will pull up the chart for you guys to look at it. Basically, I think green energy is still going to have its moment, and this is an index of 30 clean energy-related companies, and I went with ICLN. So I'll pull up the chart for you guys to see it. And you see I got it for 1078, and it's not I did it when trading was over, so it's still at that price. I haven't lost anything yet. Nice. What do you think, money bags? Am I, did yeah, I burn my money here? I think this is like maybe like this is like maybe a good call because what what I've heard a lot about is like with oil being like completely devastated during the last couple months, and like you know people aren't or haven't been at least traveling as much. Um, that there's like incentives to move to clean energy now. So I think it could be a good play. Um, I think energy is just like a little bit confusing right now though. But yeah, I like I like that it's uh, for clean energy. <laughs> I, I was between this and I was between the index fund woman for female run corporations and it was just okay. slightly too woke for me, but I do feel like female leaders are going to have their moment. 
because for the most part, they didn't create coronavirus. So now more than ever, they deserve a chance. And, you you know, coronavirus is created by a man. Is that what you just said? Yeah, no, I, I did it. I stand by it. Coronavirus was created. Do you think a woman would eat bat soup? No way. Hey, uh, <laughs> Not even on Survivor would a woman eat bat soup. That's why uh, they went home in season one. <laughs> Yeah, um, I think this is a good thematic play, though. I hope yeah. it works out. I just don't have any certainty. <laughs> and then I did a few smaller purchases. I went with Zynga Video Games, five shares. Uh, they own games like Words with Friends, Farmville, and their revenue in 2019 jumped 465%. Their cash flow jumped five times to 263 million and they have deals in place with a lot of social networking companies. So I, I see expansion and I see growth for a company that's below their target price. What do you think? Um, I think it's pretty good. Uh, what? So don't, don't let your annoyance with past Farmville requests on Facebook color the health of this investment. So what, like, uh, what's been like the highs and lows for it? Cause I think, well, I know I looked at this too. And then I was like, mm, maybe not the best one. Maybe not the best one. Well, I think, I think they just have like, they own the most basic game. And just when, when I saw that they were going to be integrated into more social media platforms, I was like, oh, this is a healthy company that has the opportunity to really get a foothold in the mainstream. That's my bet here. Yeah, I think video games in general are probably a good bet. Um, so I like it. Um, I just, I really don't know enough about Zynga to really. Fair. I think it's a great, I think it's a great call too, because all the games they have, those mobile games and companies like this, they make so much money um, by selling, it's all microtransactions. I mean, they make millions, probably, I mean, billion, I'm going to say billions of dollars microtransactions of selling hats and selling little add-ons to games and it's just stuff here and there but it adds up and you have kids that are playing these games and they're they have their parents credit card and they're buying stuff and all these mobile games you know they just people will pay a dollar just to not have ads you know what i mean so yeah. i think it's a great move Matt, they, you're, um are they one of the ones that like sells people's data per chance probably i, I know this I, na- so. I know the company's just- name and i don't think they're a good company i mean they're an evil company uh, for sure an evil company I don't know. They're based in Silicon Valley. They can't be bad. <laughs> probably Matt, pretty bad. <laughs> Matt, you're a gamer. What's the most money you've ever spent on something inside a video game? Uh, I am. So I grew up playing video games. So I feel like I have, I've really built up a resistance to this. Um, I think the most I've spent other than the initial purchase, I think the most I've maybe spent is I want to say $20, maybe $30 on like extra maps or something. Um, but there are people that graphs. there are people you look at streamers like there are streamers or the people that make their whole career on playing games. I mean, they're going to just buy um, whatever they can for whatever reason, because it's going to be part of their um, it's part of their job. They probably write it off in their taxes. I don't know if you can do that, but they, you know. Yeah, you can write off a video game hat on your taxes. This is 2020. What else would a professional buy? Um. um my next purchase, I did buy a, a very shaky company. I wanted to buy, I was in between two shaky companies. I looked at Lending Club just because they got destroyed yesterday. 
That sounds and, like something my mom is in. Yeah. Just a group of women called, but we're part of the lending club. We yeah, meet every Monday. <laughs> yeah, we lend each other coronavirus. Um, <laughs> I did look at a company, Smile Direct Club. They IPO'd late last year for $23 a share. They're now going somewhere in the vicinity of $7 a share. And I just feel like, home healthcare is going to be something that people use for there to be a direct to consumer orthodontist company. That's something I can get behind. What, so, what do you guys think? Is am I setting so my they, money on fire? What do they, what do they do? They, they do braces. They send you like Invisalign in the mail. Okay. I got you. Um, I don't understand. I don't know anybody that's ever used it. Do you know anybody that's ever used it? Well, you can't uh, tell you. You don't say, Hey, how'd you get your teeth so straight? I'm like on the fence with this because it's like a good idea, but also I I was gonna do Invisalign. But oh, sorry. Ooh, someone thinks you're beautiful just the way you are. <laughs> yeah. The one tooth that I really to wanted to fix, they said I had to have wires. I couldn't use Invisalign, so I feel like there's a limited market for them. Yeah, but they're going to be opening up brick and mortar shit. Sorry, I missed your stores. story. What about you said one tooth? What about the tooth? I, I I needed a wire for it. Like I couldn't do Invisalign. So I was saying to Joel, I think there might be a limited market for them. And he was saying, yeah, but they have, they're going to be opening brick and mortar stores. They are? Yeah. The company wow. says it plans to slowly reopen their smile shops starting wow. in May. That's if I terrifying. Can't smile shops. What am I even doing here? But also, I'm I'm looking at their company profile, and it's not just uh, braces and orthodontics. They also offer aligners, which I think is braces, um, impression kits, whitening gels, and retainers. So you know, it's 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 more than just. Orthodontic. Interesting. They're yeah. like the Warby Parker of teeth. <laughs> I did use them. I, I bought an, an impression kit and uh, check out this Al Pacino. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, uh, I, I understand uh, you got an impression kit of um, Ricky Gervais. How's that working out for you? <laughs> it's pretty good. I tell you what, it's pretty good. I don't well, know what that it, was. It didn't make me laugh, so I will consider that an excellent Ricky Gervais impression. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, um, fuck, eat the rich, even though I am one. You know what I mean? And then uh, my last one, I went on Cloudera. I got five shares, and it's just a data cloud company that is undervalued compared to its competitors. So I just read a column, and this guy said it was his favorite stock, so I bought it. That's that's about as extensive as I got there, to be honest with you. Yeah, so I have, like, a personal vendetta against Caldera. Really? <laughs> Uh-oh, Joel, you made yeah. an enemy. Um, but I'll sell it right now if you want. No, you, can, you, you should keep it. But um, I just, I've worked with their software before, and uh, I wanted to kill someone. So. Ooh, but okay <laughs> not very user-friendly is what you're saying eh yeah but to be fair the the like platform that they're like they tried to solve a solution but it's a really difficult problem to begin with um so i would keep it because 
I do think that there is value there, especially in a world where we're creating more data and there's a more of a need for distributed platforms like Cloudera. Um, I just hated working with it. So, Yeah, my thoughts exactly on the matter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I stand with Grace on this one, Joel. I, I, will, I will sell it tomorrow and I'll get more Twitter. How about that? <laughs> cool. That, yeah, that's. I think that's a, uh, that's a better plan. Yeah. Uh, I only picked two stocks. I only picked two because, and I feel very confidently in one of them. In the other one, I do not know if it's too late and it's come up on this podcast before, but Peloton. Skyrocketing. Skyrocketing. It went up, it's up 16%. But is, the, is now the wrong time to buy Peloton? That's what I'm debating on. I don't know if I, I missed it. I might've missed out. I think I, I don't know if I missed out or not. I think it kind of is the wrong time. I think, honestly, like, I kind of want a short Peloton, but I'm, like, too afraid. Oh, that's a good idea. What? Oh, yeah, what if we take some of my money to buy, to short uh, Peloton? That'd be fun. Yeah, 16%. The growth is insane. Um, but I really do think, like, I, and we talked about this when they filed for IPO. Um, they're building these in-class studios to 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 like broadcast from i think eventually down the road they will um develop they're probably working on it already but they're gonna for sure have i would imagine they'll come up with a rowing machine um yeah like i said i don't that one i don't know about because i feel like it might be too late and it seems like you guys think it's too late as well so uh maybe that's not a good call but i was just blown away with the growth they've had and um i don't know given the situation with obviously coronavirus and everything like that people are everyone wants to ride their bike. Um, some people don't have the ability to go out and ride a bike. So I feel like now is, this is what they were hoping for. Peloton heard about stay at home orders and they were like, hell yeah. Yeah. No, I, I have like, I think it's probably like going to be a great company and they're going to do so well. I just like hate what it is. Yeah, but all these companies that have been revolutionary, like there's been a Peloton every decade. There was Nordic Track. There was what's elliptical, uh, Nautilus before that. So all these companies, they made a big splash in the market and then they ultimately didn't really change the face of fitness. Fitness is always evolving and to expect a company with some proprietary software and marketing to do what no fitness company has ever done just doesn't seem right to me. That was very. That's that's a good point. Yeah, because I, I I'm kind of like with you too. Like maybe this just this is a fad that like you know when people eventually like get tired of the at home workouts. Like the the one thing I feel like they have really like going for them is like there's this accountability of like being in a class, a virtual class, but being in a class that I don't think other. Um, like uh fitness fads have like at home fitness fads had necessarily have but i do think that there's only so much you can do with a stationary bike yeah and that's it, a good it, point it's basically online courses for a spin class and i don't see that being revolutionary to the market and obviously they have so much money tied up in research and development because they are a good product and they are so extended by buying the media, doing their tours. Like I don't see a really streamlined company there. 
they've uh i feel like the combination of the social aspect of it and i think people really do i don't think i guess i don't think it'll be enough to really uh push it forward but i do think the social aspect of it i think is especially now is um something that's a positive they have nothing that's attainable to the working person's price point so it's still an elite brand and like we talked about Peloton, like people would purchase it in sort of a keeping up with the Joneses sort of thing. But mm-hmm. I don't think people have the money to really afford them right now. I oh, mean, there's for sure super rich people. There's people quarantined in mansions right now with two, with multiple Pelotons so they can ride next to their uh, their wife and their husband. I mean, that's guaranteed. Yeah, but the people who bought Pelotons, they've already bought them. Like they bought them as soon as they came out. It's like the same people who bought the first wave of teslas iphones etc but then do you think the price point on a peloton would low like do you think it'll get to a point where it's like it's like smart tvs or it's just like tvs like flat screens like the price point of originally when they came out it was too high for the average person to get it and then eventually the prices came down they were cheaper than manufacture and then it's really became the normal um when everyone could afford them yeah i think the other problem is like what also makes it a luxury brand is like with a TV and like, that's like an easy thing to kind of put in your living room, but a whole bike is like a bit bigger. It like doesn't really fit in with the furniture. Like True. there's like, it's very single purpose. Yeah. there There's like, I don't think like someone who's not in the luxury sector, like even middle income people, like I think it's really difficult to validate and i think it'll be like half and half would be like oh yeah like peloton if it's the right price point but it also just takes up unnecessary space whereas like tv kind of has a broader appeal and on these same notes like a company to really look out for they're not publicly traded yet they are raising money is mere which i think offers like a really distinct dimension in fitness if i were to go against my own insights briefly i think mere is kind of like different it's so innovative and they're they're raising their funding and their issue price on their funding is four dollars so you know if they if they go public around eight dollars a share i can see them becoming a big a bigger brand because like they're only in new york right now i haven't seen the marketing anywhere else so i'd be willing to take a bet on them I've been seeing that yeah. marketing too. And that's been on the subways. I feel like for like at least a year. I mean, I feel like I've been seeing that for a long time. Okay. Matt, do you have uh, any other picks? Uh, yeah. I, uh, I thought um, CRISPR would be, uh, I, I was looking Ooh. at CRISPR also CRISPR. I bought, I bought CRISPR for my personal portfolio when they were, I want to, I don't even know what they were, they were very low. So it's a bit high, but um, I don't know. I just think CRISPR is something to look into now, especially with all of like the, I don't know, that's a future CRISPR gene editing, all this, all this, uh, all the diseases and stuff like that. People are already like, to me, this is the CRISPR is like the future of like rich people, cosmetics. You know what I mean? Like who is it? I just talked to somebody, uh, gosh, some celebrity picked the sex of their baby. Hopefully like what? Yeah, the the celebrity was Jeffrey Epstein, and the answer was yes. <laughs> it was like Chrissy Teigen or something. I'm sorry, who whoever did it, but somebody had a baby recently, and they were able to pick the sex of their baby. That yeah. is the future. This is the future. And uh, whether you like it or not, I feel like this is just the thing that's going to happen. And I think yeah. CRISPR is the leading. They're leading. Um, 
they're, well, I can't even think of the word I'm trying to say. They're like the leading example of, of that. So, and again, I don't know if it's too early or too late, but I feel I, like it's something to look into at least. I see a ton of volatility in this stock. So what if I do a limit order for three shares, $45, it's 53.49 now, and we'll do a good till cancel. If it, we go down again, we get in on crisper. If not, there we go. What do you think about that? I I think that's a great idea. Um, Riley? Yeah, uh, I think that's a good idea. Sorry, I'm also low-key doing research on CRISPR right now. I like I said, let me look and see when I bought it. I bought it for my personal portfolio. That was one of the first stocks I bought because I own, I saw I learned about this company because there was some big scary news story about them about how like the future is scary and editing and gene editing and the designer babies and all this stuff. Yeah, and, but it's saying that like CRISPR's focus is um, transformative gene based medicines for serious diseases. And I'm all about curing diseases. Yeah. I hate disease. If I had to pick two, <laughs> one of my least favorite things, it's probably disease. Um, I, yeah, I bought in when it was shit, shit, shit. I can't find it. I don't know. I can't read my own phone. Um, I have well, my market. Uh, I have two, I only have two shares of it in my personal portfolio. So, but I'm up on it. So that's not bad. I'm up $15. Not a lot, but it's a win. Not bad. So, um, and then my last pick. Do you, you want to move on to my last pick, or do you? Yeah, want I'll to go have, for your last pick. I, I, again, this is. I, I said this in, earlier in the podcast, but I just want to use this money to buy stuff I wish I could buy for myself. I think AMD is going to blow up in the next couple of years. I think by 2023, AMD is going to be huge. And I know it's like a meme stock and all that stuff, but I think it's the real deal. You have the new Xbox coming out soon. They're using AMD. Uh, I've seen a lot of like. AMD, um, like processors going into computers. I know that with all this coronavirus stuff, cloud gaming is becoming a big thing. That's a huge shot in the arm for like AMD and other companies like AMD. Um, I think it's, uh, I think it's a good move. I think, like I said, by 2023, I saw a bunch of stuff that they were projected growth was like a hundred percent, 123% by 2023 or something insane. So, and I was, that might, you know, it's most likely not going to happen, but I do think it is a safe move. I've been, uh, again, not, not to be a guy, but I bought AMD for myself when it was at like, like $17 a share. So I think it's one of the, the, the best moves that I've ever made for me personally. And I think it is a good move for the podcast. I agree a hundred percent. Would you go ahead and buy this now? Or is it, we talk in limit order, it's like, it's hard to say. Um, I wouldn't buy it now. I would kind of wait a little bit um, because I think there might be a little bit of a downturn with semiconductors, um, especially it's it's been like high. Okay, so we'll pause. We'll monitor. I, I like your thinking, Matt. I, I just don't know if we want to buy it at the height of a spike. And man, looking at this 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 lifetime stock chart, you really had a while to get in on this. Like you could have bought it in 2015 for $2.50 a share and now it's 52. So, you know, buying a stock when it's gone up 25 times in five years is kind of tough for me to do. What do you think, Maddie? Hey, I mean, like I said, that's kind of I, why I wanted to bring this to the table because I understand both my picks, they're already very high, but I do believe in AMD's ability to to, to go even higher and um, 
I mean, I don't know. What's their 52-week high? The 52-week high was 59.27. So they're not too far off from their 52-week high. The 52-week low is 26.03. Yeah, but um, there, there will be chapters in this when healthy companies take a hit because the market does overall. And I think when the next wave of earnings reports come out, we might see like a big decline across the market. So that could be a time to move on it. Yeah. And just another like tidbit of information on AMD. Um, when they do announce earnings, like every single time, for whatever reason, the stock always goes down. So earnings day is usually a good day to buy in. Oh, good to know. That that's, is good to know. That's why and we I have also, it on the pros. I also don't know, like, like I said, they're going to have AMD is, has a big deal with Microsoft to be in the next Xbox, which comes out this holiday. I don't know if the stock price, like, I don't know if that's already baked into the price or anything like that. I don't know if that's been considered. I mean, I, you know, obviously that's beyond me. So that's the thing, something to consider. Cause I know there's a lot of things that the price is, uh, is already considered and some things they don't seem to think about it, but what? I don't know. Well, there you go. I think we made a lot of great purchases today. I think we are using these funds prudently and intelligently. What do you guys think? I agree. I think this was very productive. I think it was a good episode. This is exactly what I wanted it to be. I knew uh, we needed to kind of shake up our uh, our portfolio and we got to break the good news of our $1,000 grant. That was fun. I'm, I'm excited about yeah, that. Yeah, I also meant to say congrats on the grant. I never said oh. that. Oh, thank you. We were going to have you back until you said that. So thank you for saying that. <laughs> you you said it over Messenger. You're all good in our book. Yeah, of course. Um, you can do no wrong. Yeah, we, we love you. We love having you on with your insights. Thank you for taking the time for us today. We really appreciate you. Yeah, thanks for having me. I always love being on. So, Yeah, next time we need to reinvent the wheel, we'll be hitting you up. And, and if you have anyone else to send our way, we, we're probably due for more guests. No worries either way. But Yeah, this is the first guest we've had. I'm so glad that you're back because you're the first guest we've had in a while. Uh, and I don't know why. I mean, we just didn't think Joel and I were kind of talking and we hadn't had a guest in a while. So I was like, we should just, why haven't we? It's now is a good time. Well, go ahead. I was just going to say, I'll scope out some of my friends to see if they're interested. So <laughs> you no, guys wor- no worries either way. Thank you for joining us. Have fun with your family in that anonymous location that we will not reveal. Hint, Thanks. it's an Arby's. And, um, you know, we've been busy. Um, you can check me out at Instagram, Joel Walkowski, Twitter, The Walkowski. My NFL podcast, Pilot On, is out every Thursday, and they pay me money. So if you like me, if you like The Professional Gambler, please support that. And then I have a weekly game show in action with Donnie Sangstack out on the Props Network. People play a custom game show. They raise money for their favorite charity. And sometimes Donnie forgets to record it. So we will be releasing the pilots next week. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, Grace, do you have anything you'd like to plug before we go? Um, you just revealed their name. <laughs> We've been, I've been using, you're the only one that's been using Moneybags Riley. I've been calling her Grace the whole episode. She's even referred to herself as Grace, I think, a few times. <laughs> she was talking about her favorite hymn. <laughs> Him, H-Y-M-M, I think. Are there two M's in him? H-Y-M-M. Tune in next week to find out. Uh, no, I don't have anything. I uh, hope everyone's staying safe out there and, you know, hopefully we'll get through this all soon. Great. Thanks. Very positive message. I love that. Hmm? Matt, anything to plug before we go? You know me. I got nothing going on. Um, 
I uh, follow me on Instagram, Matt Beckett sucks on Instagram. Um, I am on Reddit, Matt Beckett sucks. If you want to uh, troll me or dox me or whatever. And I'm on Reddit, Joel Walkowski. Real name. So real bold guys. Yeah. So no, that's it. I got nothing. Uh, Stay safe. Thanks for listening. And uh, we, I got some, we got an, I didn't tell you this, Joel. We got a, I got a nice message on Insta on Facebook today, actually this morning um, from, uh, from somebody I met in New York before all this obviously happened uh, outside of a show. And he was very nice. And he sent me a message on uh, Facebook. So, um, yeah. Was it about the the podcast or did someone just send you a nice message? Cause that's how it sounds here. No, Zach Russell. Thanks for the uh, shout out uh, to Zach Russell. Thanks for the nice message. Love that guy. Well, thank you guys and uh, have a great week. We'll be back next Thursday. Bye everybody.